Hey everyone, this podcast is part of Story Mode, the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. You can support us and gain access to other great exclusive podcasts at patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Oh! 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 yeah, it's us. Oh, man. You know, that, that's, the, those, that's how we always introduce episodes. Yeah. Great. Great oh, time. Hi, everybody. Hello, everyone. My name is David Bell. Uh, my name is Tom Ryman. And we just watched Freaks. Freaks. Freaks, you, not yeah, the uh, freaks. <laughs> sure. Yeah, why not? By definition, any freaks who are running loose are illegal. Abnormals are dangerous, and we can't let them live free. Chloe, hey, someone could have seen you. Sorry, Dad. We have to stay hidden. Just like us, right? Where are you going? I don't want to hide anymore. You gotta be strong like your mom was. You knew my mom? This isn't the 1932 film. Uh, no, this freaks. is not the horror film. <laughs> the offensive horror film from. Yes, from a, a very interesting a century film. If you ago. haven't seen it, though, uh, no, this is the 2018 film that I'm not sure people have watched. Uh, no, it was an indie film that made a little bit of noise um, for reasons that I'm sure we'll get into. Yeah, it's got Emil Hirsch, Bruce Dern, Bruce Dern, yeah, uh, and and it's I don't know if you watch the trailer, it's a real like I don't know what the fuck this is. Uh, this is, by the way, Thursday, so this was brought to you by Joshua Graves, mm-hmm. who um, gave us a whole list to choose from, yeah. and and pointed out that like since we did Paul Blart, like, observing report would be a good idea, and we were like, cool, let's watch Freaks. It would but, like, be a good idea, but anyway, here's Freaks. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I just, I hadn't seen this movie. Had you? No, no, it came up, I think, didn't we call this out as a movie that deserved more hype? Yes, at one point. and and like I hadn't gotten around to it, so uh-huh. I was like, "Well, shit, it's on this list." Yeah, um, yeah. The trailer it was it was one of those trailers where you're like, "I don't know what the fuck I'm seeing." Yeah, you know, like I I remember a part in the trailer where the little girl is standing there, and there's this like red cloud forming in front of her, and I was like, "What is that?" And it turns out, spoilers, it's the blood of Bruce Dern. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would have never known that. I would have never known that if it, I had watched this It's the this blood movie. of invisible Bruce Dern. Yeah. This is, uh, it's X-Men. Yeah. What did you think of this movie, Tom? Um, I liked it. I liked it. I did too. I thought it was I, cool I how they, it. yeah, it was really cool how they were able to do a story that's really on a massive scale, um, but have it yes. take place entirely within this one house. That was what was cool is it felt very big yeah it was, it's uh, huge it's a huge story i mean it's really just about this family but like the implications and the world it i, I really liked the world building too because it, it does it in a way that's not there's 
only one real exposition dump, but it's done pretty well when she puts yeah. on the headphones and is listening to the news report. The rest we just sort of pick up by the characters interacting with the world. We figure yes. out what the universe is, which is this world where there where there are X Men, um, but it's like X Men if like the evil senator. Uh, from the first movie got his way and they all had to be rounded up and executed right. or put into camps. It's like the real gritty version. Yeah. Like whenever X-Men, like I haven't seen Senator the new Kelly, mutants, but that's right. Senator Kelly. Yeah. When, like the new mutants promises to be the gritty version. I haven't seen it, but like watching this, I'm like, no, this is how you do the gritty version. Mm -hmm. uh, this is, this is way scarier. Uh, they do it where it's like, it's literally if you're, if you're one of these people who are called freaks, who just the public calls freaks, you're shot on sight. Pretty the, much. They just so kill you paranoid. on sight. Yeah. They're, the cops are so paranoid that they'll shoot anybody who they think might be one of these people. Yeah. Um, there's a bit, because one of the things that happens is when they use their powers, their eyes bleed. And so anybody who is just seen with a uh, bleeding eye, they'll, they'll gun down because they're so scared. Because these people have such great powers mm -hmm. that they will drop them immediately, no question. Yeah. Uh, they say, like, oh, you can come peacefully, but, like, the cops are so clearly afraid yeah. that there's no, there's no way you could ever, ever no. reason with a cop in this world if no, you're no. one of these people. Yeah, and they, they just habitually use drone strikes to blow up entire houses Yeah, where freaks are. Which, again, um, all comes out in the movie. Like, this is a great lesson in exposition. It really is, uh, yeah. Yeah. This reminded me of... You still haven't watched Coherence, but that's another movie that takes place largely in a house that feels gigantic. Uh, I love that. I love it when a movie is able to feel mm -hmm. huge and uh, kind of epic and never really actually show you much. Yeah, and they do it in such a clever way, uh, which is that... It's basically the story is about uh, Emil Hirsch and his daughter, who's about seven, and he doesn't let her go outside, and it's not clear why. And then we gradually learn that um, he's got some kind of power, and she has some kind of power that we eventually learn is she can get inside people's minds uh, yeah. and see what they're seeing, and then ultimately she can make people do things. Um, so the way they tell this story is um, she can go anywhere in the world, essentially, as long as she's in somebody's head. So we're able to see people who are like her mom, we come to find out is imprisoned in this mountain that's supposed to be a safe haven for abnormals uh, is what is, is like the nice term for them. But it's right. really, it's really just a gulag. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we, we get to see all that stuff going on with her mom just in her bedroom. Like her mom will appear in shackles in her bedroom because she's just able to essentially uh, astral project herself. Right. And since there's not a, um, <clears throat> like she doesn't have a big, <clears throat> excuse me, a, 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 like a large radius on it. Mm -hmm. You don't see the whole place. You just see the person she's focused on. Yeah. Which is how they get away with it. And this power is summed up. Like you can do this power by just putting the actor in the room. Yep. Like they just have pieces, set pieces that can be moved in that look like this because it, it's it's a smooth transition. There's nothing, mm -hmm. there's nothing like uh, CGI heavy about it. So it's a real simple way of doing this. Yeah, there's, and they kind of all have powers that are like, except for the mom. The mom's power is pretty huge. Uh, 
Yes. Um, and then at, towards the end, they do some wild stuff with Emil Hirsch's power that requires some special effects. But there's definitely effects in this, but like compared to other movies, it's right. Very... They gave them special powers that are easy to do with a small budget. Like Emil Hirsch can stop time. Right. Um, and unless you're seeing things like in motion being slowed down, you can really just do it by having people stand still. Um, and then Bruce Stern's powers, he can turn invisible and that's, you know, real easy. <laughs> right. They, they, yeah. They have CG for like him slowly disappearing. Yeah. They have CGI for like pulses that come out of Emil Hirsch. Yeah. There's stuff like you see a missile slow down an explosion slow, but these are all things that can be done on like, you know, this is shit that you see in commercials. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's very low budget for, for nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what the budget is. I looked it up. I couldn't find it. It, but you can't, can tell it can't, it can't have been much. Yeah, it's it's kind of wild how indie films, like it's just how CGI goes, where it's just like shit that we're seeing in this indie film would blow us away and cost sixty million dollars in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, in like nineteen ninety eight, this would have been yeah. fucking wild when everybody's doing their Tarantino hitman movies, and then this yeah. thing pops out where it's like fucking X Men in indie movie form. Yeah, but what this more movies need to do this what really the strength of this film is is it simply pick the right person to tell the story from Mm -hmm. because like we we do this thing where you know superhero universes are so big uh and we like to like be on the outside looking in Mm -hmm. uh where it's 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 very rarely like a very human story a very personal story so like it's it's like watching God, I'm trying to think of a good way to put it. Um, um, this would be... It's like watching a, a movie from the point of view of someone Loki has bewitched without the context of what Loki is. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, 100%. Like someone who's just like working a job and then this man walks in and suddenly they just don't know where they are or who they are. And like just doing it from the point of view of someone who is who who doesn't have control or power or perspective so it's all from the point of view of this little girl who has grown up in this house and what we what we learn is that emile hirsch who can stop time has been regularly stopping time so she has aged seven years in a couple of months which is a great idea yeah it's pretty cool and it's that's again everything is gradually revealed uh we're never really given an exposition dump it just happens very naturally as this little girl she's hitting a point in her life where she's questioning her dad for the her dad's rules for the first time because she wants to go outside she wants to have ice cream she wants to have a mom um and there's this old guy running a running a ice cream uh truck outside and you wonder like who is he is he bad man right yeah we can't Uh, because he knows her name Mm -hmm. and like uh, and you can tell he's kind of like, he seems kind of sinister. He's a Bruce Dern type. He's a Bruce Dern type. Uh, Yeah, and she goes out there and he takes her in the ice cream truck and you're wondering like, uh-oh, who is this guy? And he seems to know stuff about her and he's kind of aggressive with her at first. Right, you get, I almost, I got the sense at first, I was like, is he some kind, because we really don't know much about the universe at this point. Yeah. Um, I was like, is he like some kind of government agent that's trying to find right. superpowered people? And it turns out that he's her grandfather um, and he wants to use her to get into the mountain gulag to free his daughter, her mother. Right. 
which from that perspective you realize oh this is like a plot of an x-men mm-hmm. uh but from the point of view of a little kid who doesn't understand the world it's incredibly distressing yeah uh, and that's what's really good about it is that Bruce Dern ultimately is just a character in a superhero film. He's not that bad of a guy. He he he's kind of an asshole. Right. Emil Hirsch also like trying his best, but they we start since we start from the little girl, they both seem so sinister. Right, because we don't under we're we're the little girl in the situation. It's it's almost yeah. like it feels a little bit like uh, Room from the little kid's perspective, right. where it's like the kid she doesn't understand why Emil Hirsch is doing these things and why he's acting the way he is. And we don't understand. So he really seems like he's out of his mind for half the movie. Right. Yeah. Because he seems like he's a decent dad, but he's really like, he's, he's incredibly paranoid. He's cr- incredibly paranoid. He comes home covered in blood at one point with a gun. Yeah. He, he's so, he's so stern to this little girl. He keeps locking her in a closet and you think, well, that's mean. But then also he knows that she's powerful. Mm-hmm. So he's doing it because he's scared of what she'll do to the world. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. That actually makes sense. He keeps saying stuff like, you know, if your eyes bleed, you need to tell me. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what that means at first. Yeah. It just sounds like madness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's a, it's, it's a mad world that we're being introduced to from this little girl who has to, we're basically learning about the world like a, a child would. Yes. Yeah. It all seems illogical and weird. Uh, and then it all slowly makes sense. Like, uh, you know, when we were kids, that's how the world was. Adults were scary and weird because we didn't understand them. Right. We would just take their word for stuff. And then you get to a point where you're nearing adolescence, where you start to question it. And then when yeah. you get on the other side of that, you're like, Oh, I get it now. <laughs> Like, right you're like ah, oh, right okay. yeah, yeah you gotta right. sometimes you gotta lock a kid in the closet yeah i yeah. get it because they have psychic power yeah it's because they have terrible psychic powers yeah the moment bruce Dern turned invisible i was delighted oh yeah that i <laughs> visible bruce Dern? are you fucking kidding I, I, me i popped pretty hard for that <laughs> yeah he just turns invisible it's we're like, like oh, oh shit, shit. <laughs> Yeah, they roll it out very slowly. You think at first, like, maybe this little girl is the only one. It kind of seems that way at first, because we can't see that Emil Hirsch is stopping time. Right. Well, what they do, again, they do it. They, it's such a good way of doing this. He basically creates a bubble around the house that time stops. Mm-hmm. And what we see a, a couple shots near the beginning is she looks out the window and the birds are frozen in the air. And you're like, what the fuck does that even mean? And so it gives you these pieces mm-hmm. uh, in a logical way, in a way that she would also discover them. But since we're only getting those pieces from her point of view, it just looks incoherent. Yeah, we have no idea what that means. And in point of fact, I just sort of dismissed it um, because I was like, like we were saying, it kind of seems like she might be the only one that has powers. So it was like, I just dismiss it as, well, maybe that's like, maybe that's something she can do. Like she can just slow things down in her vision or something. I don't know. Right. There's no, yeah, there's no way to know at first. And you, you get the, you get the sense that Emil Hirsch isn't just a madman because then there'd be no movie. Uh, so like, right. But you also right away, you're like, I think this little girl might have powers, but you don't know if he's good or bad. Right. You don't know whether or not to trust him. Yeah. It's, uh, 
It's very well done. It he is. also has large chunks of money. He does. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, again, you're like, well, people who have large chunks of money don't tend to be good people. Right. He has large chunks of money in a safe that's also full of guns. Yeah. Like one of the first one get, of the first things we see him do is clean a gun. Right. It's one of the things that happens in uh, my favorite show, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's, of course. It's it's that as well, where Sarah Connor, when you're joining that family, the Connors, if you are an outside person, they look like absolute madness. Yeah. Uh, and then if they try to explain themselves, they look even worse. Yeah. And you sort of have to just like, the moment you learn, oh, there are killer robots. Oh, you're the sanest people in the world. Yeah, it's... Because he spends, and I love that. yeah, for like it's like the first thirty or forty minutes before she finally gets outside, and Bruce Dern takes her to the park. Um, he's been telling her about the bad people will get killed if we go outside. He's very doomsayer about it. He's like, I'm gonna get yeah. killed eventually, um, and then you'll be sorry that you said you wished I was dead. Um, he makes it seem like there's like people waiting around every corner and in every bush to just kill them the second they pop outside. But you're only seeing from her perspective where she's just seeing kids playing, going to the ice cream truck and she gets in the ice cream truck with Bruce Dern and everything looks incredibly normal. So for a minute, you're just like, is, is Neil Hirsch crazy or like, um, but of course they pass a billboard that shows somebody, uh, bleeding from the eye, which we saw Emil Hirsch do earlier. And then it says the, the billboard says it looks just like us. They look just like us. Um, and when he gets, when they get to the park, a cop shows up, um, and is real aggressive about looking at their eyes. So then we start to get the sense of, oh, maybe he's not, maybe he's, he, he might, st- you, you're, you're like, okay, maybe he's, he has a point, but he still feels overbearing. And then the scene in the diner where it's just like, oh shit, no, okay, he's totally right. <laughs> like, yeah. Human beings will just the kill, diner. kill the abnormal people on sight. Yeah, what happens in the diner is the Bruce Stern has a plan to basically dress up like a priest yep. and take uh, his granddaughter in to talk to this woman who we see on the news who seems like she might be, um, more sympathetic towards a, a, abnormals a little i still got the the sense from that news broadcast that she was i mean she's still like a yeah, racist she's still, <laughs> yeah, law to, enforcement yeah who wants to kill all the all the mutants essentially but she just calls them abnormal instead of freak and it's like oh well i guess yeah um but it turns she's she, tr- more diplomatic about it right so she seems but it yeah it, it she turns out to be just as evil as anyone else yeah uh Oh, for sure. Uh, so they they go to find her, like Brewster and track down her schedule, and he wants to. He's going to her to say, like, we need, we we want you to. She's this little girl's an abnormal. I found her on the doorstep seven years ago um, of my church. We want you to take her to Matic Mountain, and the idea is to be. He wants to go to Matic Mountain because that's where his it turns out his daughter is the girl's mom yeah and he wants to break her out uh and so again the only way to get there is to be very 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 nice as an abnormal or you're gonna just get shot and then what happens is that woman essentially like calls it in uh bruce stern and the little girl go into the kitchen and uh Bruce Stern stabs a man in the eye. Yeah, he, st- he stabs the, the cook. Yeah, and the cook comes out, his eye bleeding, but like clearly in need of help. 
and the cops just drop him. Right. And that's when you know, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's when also Bruce Turn turns invisible and it's like, oh, delightful. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. What you what you learn very quickly is like there's no compromise, and we don't we don't know. They keep talking about Dallas, like Dallas. Clearly, something horrible happened in Dallas. You see it on a bit on the news when Emil Hirsch is asleep in front of the television before she puts the headphones on, and yeah, it's like Dallas ten years since the tragedy, and it looks like completely bombed out. Yeah, what we're basically seeing is the end of a war. We're seeing X Men um, Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. You know when the Sentinels, right? Sentinels when uh, are, when uh, Peter, yeah. Peter Dinklage's uh, Sentinels have 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 already killed most of the X Men. Yeah, so there's clearly a history, and there's probably been you know shitty mutants too in this world, and we're seeing a world that's just at its wits end and has decided, all right, we're just going to be Nazis mm-hmm. against these people. Yeah, the uh, the interesting thing, one of the interesting things about this movie is we're kind of it's a little like x-men first class in that we're kind of seeing how magneto became magneto right because by the end of the movie the little girl's like no fuck that we're not hiding we're gonna live wherever we want and if anybody fucks with us i will kill them and that's what i was getting to is that (laughs) like yeah they they take us on a journey from innocent little girl Mm mm-hmm who has no idea what the world's like mm-hmm. to by the end, the girl is like, I'm, I'm going to kill anybody in our path. I don't give a fuck. Right. By the, because, by the end of the movie, she has killed a dozen people. <laughs> yes. Um, because it be, it's the only choice she has. Right. Because she was born. She's born into this war. That's in a horrible stage in a stage where there's zero tolerance against her existence. Yeah. And she didn't ask to exist. And all she wants to do is be loved, and it, it results in one of the one of the most heartbreaking scenes, um, because Emil Hirsch's plan, unlike Bruce Dern, is he's basically slowing down time around this house, that that so that she can get old enough to not be associated with them. Right. He he doesn't want any, because her mom is kind of famous as like a mutant yeah. mutant revolutionary, so he's slowed down time so that he can raise her in secret and then let her out in the world and at a point where it, right where it wouldn't make sense that she would be his daughter it'd be like well how would how could she possibly be your right. daughter your daughter was born 6 months ago and he's kind of hoping that something she'll be okay so he's telling her like yeah if you bleed from your eyes you tell me um you need to control your anger cuz he knows there's some sort of emotional trigger for her power so he's like teaching her how to be calm Mm -hmm. and how uh, he's giving her a cover story so that she uh so yeah so that she can fit in and so the and that's what we learn that the money is for is he's going to give it to like a neighbor a friend yeah it's this it's this neighbor family who he's agreed he's made an arrangement where uh at a certain point he will turn her over to them to raise as a normal person as their daughter and he will just give them right. money uh for the rest of i guess until and she since grows up he probably. is so fucking weird to her uh she hates yeah. him you know like she yeah. can't stand she's living she doesn't see the sun her her father is yeah. a maniac and even though we yeah. know we eventually realize why and understand it it doesn't help her at all so multiple times no. she almost kills her father by willing him to do stuff. 
Because she can also mm-hmm. push. She's a pusher, only... by the way. She can also will people to do stuff. Yeah. Yeah, she's a pusher. Um, she only almost kills him once. That's true. She makes him <laughs> fall asleep. Um, she makes him fall asleep the, the first time. And so Bruce time, Dern yeah. is bringing this promise to her of like, you know, you oh, no, you, you're going to fight. Uh, not, so the dad wants her to sort of run away. So she's been astral projecting with the neighbor's kid and like annoying her. And it seems like a friendship. And we learn, no, she's been willing the girl to do stuff uh, yep. to play with her and stuff uh, because that's her ability. So they bring her when Emil Hirsch tries to bring her to the family. Um, the little girl recognizes her and he's like, no, that girl shows up in my dream. She's a demon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, She shows up at night. It makes me hug her and tell her yeah. I love her. And then the the family gets flustered and then like the mother is the one who's like doesn't know if she can do it. And the girl forces the mother to pretend that she loves her for like a moment. And and the girl is so happy that this woman is showing her love like a family. And then the woman is revolted by what just happened because she was forced. So like all this girl wants is. A, a parent specifically aimed at a mother because she lost her mother and thought her mother was dead that just loves her she just wants to get ice cream and have like a normal life right she just wants to have a normal family she just <laughs> wants the right to exist and she's born yeah. in a world where she can't and so yeah. because of that she has to kill people a, a lot, lot of people, of people <laughs> to get her mother back she forces people to kill themselves uh she makes a guy bash his head in the wall Mm -hmm. uh and yeah that's her arc is basically at the end her mom who is superman uh yes essentially and her who is fucking just a mind wizard she's she's professor yeah and her mom is just well uh, power wise uh she's yeah can just can control people's brains so they are right no she she does not have the morality of professor x so like her mom's just like t- Emil Hirsch dies saving her from the missile um Bruce Stern dies because he's shot uh and so she just has her mother left who goes and gets her and her mother's like we're gonna run and yeah she's like no we're not running anymore <laughs> yeah uh, we can do whatever the fuck we want this little girl and she's right and you're on her side yeah yeah, it's it's uh, by the end you're rooting for this child to kill people, right? Because th- you're like, hell yeah, fuck that dude, kill him, kill him, seven year old girl, fuck these people <laughs> up. They yeah. wronged you, and like again, you don't know what led to this. Um, like we we have no idea. Maybe the mutants were uh really terrible, but the point is that it's that's not her war. You know, uh, yeah. she has no reference for that. That's what makes it really cool. I think that's part of why it's important the the um Emil Hirsch like kind of super aging her and cutting her off from the world because then she yeah. has no idea what world she's in. Mm-hmm. And it's also yeah, the the point of telling it from her point of view instead of his. Right. They could have easily made this a movie like a quiet place where it's from his point right. of view. And that would have been lame because it's just Yeah. It'd have been very yeah. lame. Because it's it's the again it's the it's the point it's this person has a right to live they didn't ask mm-hmm. for any of this and no better way yeah. to show that than show the world be introduced to this person slowly. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Yeah, it was a cool movie. Yeah, 
Um, it's it's high it's hiding there on Netflix, man. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it I don't know how much attention it got. Um, I, I I heard about it a lot, and we had a poster of it at, at the Collider office back when that was a thing. Hmm. <laughs> um, this. Yeah, no, I think it it made a, it made a, a splash at festivals because uh, of its ingenuity. Um, yeah, as an indie film, yeah. it's extremely impressive because again, all this stuff is um, movie takes place on a cul de sac, pretty much, and then largely and in, largely inside one. Because house. again, they imply a bigger universe. They show the mm-hmm. you know the billboard, which I don't even think they had to rent a billboard. I'm pretty sure that was a digital shot. That that could be a digital shot. Uh, yeah. They they have a few people dressed as cops. They have some news footage, you know, some shots of Dallas looking like it was blown up. Um, mm-hmm. Very like the probably the most expensive set piece is the facility that the mom's in, and that honestly like that looked like just like a warehouse, you know, that they dressed up to look good. Yeah, it's it's a very cheap film that manages to do a lot um, with. It, because it's also a very big idea from the director of leprechaun origins by the way tom <laughs> yeah one of the directors that's that shouldn't be yeah. one of the directors had directed leprechaun origins he didn't he didn't write it but he directed it i don't know what that means. sure there's two directors yeah i saw that yeah. um i didn't look up anything else that they had done uh the uh <laughs> Okay, he's one of them is co-directing the live-action adaptation of Kim Possible. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, I don't know, man. I'm sure these people got noticed for this movie. I hope they did. Cuz it is like I don't know. It's 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 definitely one of the more um original ideas for a film. Like there's a reason Bruce Stern got involved, you know, cuz he I, I don't mm-hmm. know about you. I th- I see Bruce Dern as the sign of a good movie. Is that true? I think so. I'm trying to think of bad movies Bruce Dern has been in. But he tends to be someone who's um, like in like, I don't know, good indie films. Um, yeah, I'm trying to, th- yeah. He was in The Burbs. I mean, you know, I know you're not really singing the praises of the hateful eight but he's in that well that's a tarantino film like of course yeah yeah no yeah of course um he's in i'm looking him up he's in a lot of weird shit actually so who can say i don't think uh yeah, i think I mean, bruce the, the, man, is just, the man's had he's a career just a man who works <laughs> from what i'm looking at here. yeah the man has had yeah. a career yeah um he, he pops up yeah. in shit and emil hirsch not a really big fan of his uh who he is but we've watched two movies yeah, with him recently yeah. <laughs> where he was pretty yeah. good. I mean, you can be a good um, actor and he, be a bad but, person. Yeah, you can be a good actor and choke yeah, a lady. You sure can. Uh, which is what Emil Hirsch yeah. did. Yeah. I believe I believe that was I what happened. These are two movies where he plays an unhinged man, so um, Yeah. So maybe that maybe maybe that's that's his call. Emil Hirsch stopping time is a terrifying thought. As is Bruce Stern turning yeah. into invisible. I don't know. I I wouldn't feel I wouldn't feel good knowing that Bruce Stern could be somewhere, you know? And you just don't yeah. know it. Like Bruce Stern could be in this room with right. me. They make it so that he doesn't have to be naked, which was a probably a good call. Oh yeah, yeah. It's good that he can just make his clothes invisible. Yeah. And he doesn't have to be Right. Um 
nude. Right. Um, yeah, they do. Uh, by the way, the again the way they introduce and the character's name is Chloe. By the way, the intro, the way they introduce her mother, it's you think it's like it's a really good idea because the first the first section of this movie, again, time seems to be stopping outside. Her dad appears mm-hmm. to be a maniac. Um, and there's also a ghost in her closet, which was a really cool way of doing this is that she encounters like, yeah, yeah she encounters like a screaming woman in her closet. Yeah. And we don't know what it is. And we can see that it happens a lot because she has a, a routine. She runs into a little tent and she draws a picture of the woman over and over again and says, go away, ghost. Right. Um, so it's clear this happens a lot. So again, we don't know what it means. We're associating it with her power, but we don't know exactly how yet. We're just like, well, this is clearly part of it but i don't know why or how and that ghost turns out to be her mother who is just in pain yeah and in in a jail cell in the middle of a mountain it's such a it's such a cool idea to show someone with superpowers not understanding what those powers are yeah it just seemed i mean it was it was kind of the idea like you mentioned it earlier it was sort of the idea that josh boone had pitched for the new mutants right where it's like it's almost a horror movie because it's this like from any other perspective than the, you know, oh, cool comic book superhero perspective, like superheroes are demons. Right. That's the thing. Like they're demons. They're like, and super villains. <laughs> so, like that's the thing is yeah. like, um, I don't understand why they don't do this any, like more is that like your average superhero villain is the equivalent of Pennywise the clown out of context. You know, like pe- yeah. that's what makes Pennywise so creepy is that there's this implied bigness to him. It's it's this unknown mm. that we're not sure of. Uh and it would be very funny if like at some point some wisecracking alien comes down and just shoots him with a laser because he's just considered like, <laughs> you know, he's a bad guy. Because that Yeah, you know, yeah and guy. that's what it is. Like the Marvel universe I think about the most with this because yeah, out of context a lot of these characters are horrifying or magic. Yeah. Um it it's it's what they did with the movie Bumblebee where they realized we really just need the one robot. <laughs> that right. alone is a big deal. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty mind blowing. Yeah, thing. movies have gotten so over the top with this shit, where where yeah. they we forget that it's it's a like watching a fucking car transform into a robot. That's that would be the the coolest thing that would ever happen to you. And it all right, your heart. Would yeah, stop. and all it would take is one. Um, yeah, you you wouldn't need like five of them, uh, wackily trying to hide in your in your yard from your parents. Right. And these people are horrifying. I mean, that's what I mean. I don't know who's watched the boys. I know you have, Tom. Uh, oh yeah. But it's sort of what the boys is doing. It's long overdue, which is yeah. Superheroes are terrifying. Yeah, and I mean we disagreed on it, but to a lesser degree, Brightburn last year. I mean, I love the concept of Brightburn. The concept is great. And I mean, they've essentially, that's Homelander and the boys. Yeah. So. It's the idea of like, yeah, what if there's a superhero, but they're not, they're not stable. They're, 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 they're mm-hmm. the worst thing about a superhero is that there's still a person. So they could be anyone. And yeah. like, and the, this, this, the idea specifically of like Superman being yeah, that Superman is like, oh no. Being a god <laughs> that was still raised like all of us. And it's like, well, we're fucked up. Of course, the idea of Homelander is he's not raised like all of us. He was raised in, uh, I don't want to spoil anything about Homelander. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, he's, he's a maniac. Yeah. That was the point. But it's, it's, 
it's weird that like like the x-men series is so quaint now like looking back at x-men i I, you know i like a lot of the x-men but they're not it's not enough because it's like the way the x-men universe does it is it's just like yeah there's good mutants and there's bad mutants and they're all good or bad Mm -hmm. around this one issue and it's like no that's not how it would be though that's not how yeah they would just be they would be the same as people you know they we would all they would all be divided among the same lines that people are divided and i really appreciate films exploring this the invisible man is another example where it's like what is a mad scientist in that oh well it Mm -hmm. could be an emotionally and physically abusive man with the ability to turn invisible what a horrifying idea and it's the realization of like yeah these people are they're dystopian figures uh yeah like the invisible man is sort of like what if tony stark was uh, uh a shitty boyfriend that wouldn't let you leave right exactly and these people have no they there's there's no one to stop superheroes i mean the mm-hmm. avengers are terrifying to anybody who isn't the avengers yeah yeah um, and so like this is this is sort of dealing with that idea just from a different perspective which is that it's also terrifying to the people who don't know what's happening to them to a kid right. who's born with this power and doesn't understand it and doesn't understand right, why people are treating not, them differently. Yeah, because the other thing he's doing, um, apart from keeping her isolated, uh, is he's trying to suppress whatever power she might have. And he's not telling her about powers right. or that he and her mom had powers or anything like that. So it's like, he's also doing that. I mean, it's, it's I don't know. It's, it's, it's also, you could... Um argue that this is an allegory for for sure uh, just growing up in general um yeah i was i was about to i was about to make yeah. that connection in my clumsy way but yeah that's that's the direction i was yeah. going and as you can see it it's like a parent who's avoiding the sex talk or like a parent who who doesn't want doesn't their want... black son to be shot by the cops when he's 11 there 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 yeah. you go yeah exactly that's a, that's a more literal yeah. one yeah it's it's the idea of a parent trying to tell their kid early that the world is sinister and that the world mm-hmm. isn't good so a lot of the times and they need to be ready for it way too early than they should be it's it's a parent trying having to get rid of the innocence of their kid at an extremely early age and like fighting that but ultimately mm-hmm. they can't deny it you know yeah uh that's that's a big part of this yeah and kind of the issue is he's not being straight with her about it um and it it, you know that that's probably the most one-to-one but it could also be like if you know mental health issues with parents or like poverty or like you know just growing up in a way that isn't considered by the mainstream world as normal right and so it's it's watching it from the kid's point of view and that kid getting angry at the world for it and doing Mm -hmm. and a oh go on i was just gonna say an angry at at her parents as her dad is in in this movie is literally keeping her in a bubble exactly yeah and and sort of going one of two ways with it is you either you either you either conform to the world and hide the thing um Mm -hmm. or if you can't do that because that's kind of the moment she she has this choice to make which is i'm going to try to pretend to be a normal kid 
I have all these lines recited, all these ways mm-hmm. to, uh, oh, I like baseball. I like this. My mom, I have my sister and she snores like these l- fake lines. And, um, oh, this, the, she snores was real oh, right. as, yeah, we, come as we come to find, to find out. out. Cause she's been, she's been mind stalking yeah. that, that little girl. Uh, yeah, not cool. <laughs> not cool, Chloe, but you know, uh, it's so she wants that, like, normal fitting in world and in this act of desperation tries to make it work with the the mother and the family and it ends in chaos and so in her case she makes the other choice which is like no fuck them uh i you know they have to accept us they're luckily in a position where they're powerful enough for that to be an option uh so that works that works out for them Mm -hmm. but like yeah that's sort of the decision everybody has to make at a certain point with this stuff which is are you gonna are you gonna try to go the easy route or the hard route you know? But sometimes there isn't even an easy route. Uh, I don't know. There's yeah. a there's a lot here. It's a it's it's a it's a cool movie. You guys? Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty sweet yeah. movie. Um, um. I don't really have anything else no. to say. Do you want to review the 1930s freaks real quick? Yeah. The probably. part where the guy rolls the cigarette with his mouth is pretty impressive. You remember that? Because he has no arms and legs. Um, I've actually not seen oh, it. Oh, okay. It's, they use real, like, uh, sideshow performers in it. And it's weird. It's, uh, I, 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 I mean, it's made in the 30s, so I'm going to go ahead and say it was a problematic film. But it's, 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 like, only an hour long. And I've only watched it once, but I remember that it, it's got very weird, like, mixed messages about it it's not really about how the sideshow performers are like bad people it's i believe about someone exploiting them and them getting revenge Ah. but it's yeah i think it still doesn't paint them in the best light but it's all real sideshow performers in it so at least at the Mm -hmm. time they were like yeah this is the movie we want to make i don't know yeah you can watch it or not we don't need to talk about it yes we do tom (laughs) we got to cover them both there's two movies with this name. That's new, new policy. I'm going to clumsily try to review a movie that I watched 10 years ago. I have never seen, but I will, I will also clumsily try to contribute sure, to this review. Sure. Oh, geez. I shouldn't have done that. All right. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> hey, hey, you. Uh, I want to thank Joshua Graves, our patron uh, producer who, yes. who put this on uh, their list. We are now taking it off the list. We have so many things we can watch on this list. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for picking the next one. It's it's good stuff. Maybe, hell. Yeah, yeah, there's some good stuff on there. Maybe we'll watch Observe and Report. Who knows? That's that's the problem is like Observe and Report. I've seen already. I don't think it's bad, but there's so many other things on this list that I'm like, ooh. So, you know, mm-hmm. like we should watch Lockout, Tom. Yeah, I think I'd rather watch Observe and Report than watch Lockout again. Is Lockout again. a bad movie? It's f- Guy Pierce is fun in it, but the rest of the movie is kind cool. of blah. This has been our review of Lockout. Um, folks, mm-hmm. if you're interested, you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. This is where uh, uh, Joshua uh, did this from. We also have a uh, exclusive podcast there, actually. Like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman and Fox Mulder is a Maniac. That's at our most mm. our lowest tier, and then there's a, a ten dollar tier where you can watch movies with us every Friday. There's more tiers after that. You should check it out. It's it's fantastic. We're having a great time. We're having a yeah, lot of fun. Uh, we also have a store. 
Oh, man, we have so much fun yeah. all the time. Uh, we also have a store at tpublic.com slash store slash Gameplay and Employer. You can check out uh, T-shirts, masks, mugs, stickers, posters, all kinds of stuff. So do that. Yeah. And, and yeah. I don't know. Watch us. Do that, you freak. Oh, shit. <laughs> They're going to blow up our fucking heads or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. That scene where he screams at him. He's like, get away from my house or I'll melt all your oh, minds yeah. with my freak we, uh, Okay. <laughs> the part where he has to try to act like a human. For one, it's, it's pretty, pretty fun, fun. Yeah, because that uh, yeah. he puts on a blue button down and slicks his hair back, and is wearing glasses. Yeah. God, <laughs> imagine being raised by Bruce Stern and Emil Hirsch. Oh, I can't even. Well, you would you you would turn into some sort of nightmare of a yeah. person. I'm sure yeah. you would. It would turn out exactly how it turns out in this film. Yeah, with a blown up house and several mm-hmm. dead cops. <laughs>